Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through a very interesting poll by Angus Reid asking all sorts of questions about the Canada-China relationship. And I got to tell you, you will be impressed with the common sense of the common man. Before I get to that, let me invite you to become a super-duper subscriber to Rebel News. We call it Rebel News Plus. It's 8 bucks a month. That's not that bad. It's 80 bucks for the whole year. And you get the video version of these podcasts, which includes very sharp images from this poll that I'm going to go through. So you can get that at rebelnews.com. All right, here's the show. Tonight, support for China plunges in a new Canadian poll. It's May 13th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Angus Reid has a new poll out on Canadian support for China. Only 14% of Canadians have a favorable view of China. So basically, what's that? The staff of the CBC and the staff of Justin Trudeau. Seriously, even most liberals now despise the Communist Party of China. I'd like to see the numbers for Chinese Canadians too, actually. There are a few troubling Canadian branches of various Communist Party cadres. There are some communist thugs here in Canada bullying ethnic Chinese democracy activists here, and Tibetans, and others here on our soil. But of course, there are plenty of Chinese Canadians who came here precisely because they love freedom and hate living in an authoritarian regime. I think we have to be more explicit in supporting ethnic Chinese Canadians who are pro-liberty. And we have to resist the Communist Party even here in Canada, because they have their tentacles here. I think we have to denormalize China's underminers here in a similar manner that at least some of us try to do, say, with Iran's thugs who run their annual Al-Quds Day propaganda effort in Canada. It's little things like politicians refusing to go along with Communist Party events. And those who do attend those events should be denormalized by Canadians. Like I've said before, we need a bit of the stance we took towards South African apartheid. We need to shame Communist China, not invade them, but shame them and stand with the Nelson Mandela's of China, and I think we should warmly accept those 46 Hong Kong democracy refugees. I think it's a first step. But back to the news. Angus Reid, one of my favorite pollsters, because he simply asks interesting questions. You can be sure Trudeau's liberals have been polling the heck out of China for months, but they haven't released their polls publicly, so they've known all this, but now we do too. Canadian opinions of China reach new low. Well, I should hope so. The latest study from the nonprofit Angus Reid Institute finds Canadian favorability towards China at a new low. Indeed, just 14% of adults in this country now say they have a positive opinion on China as a level half as high as it was six months ago. Wow. And look at this. More than four in five Canadians say the Chinese government has not been honest about what happened in its own country. Hmm. Wow. Sometimes it's so refreshing, so reassuring to know that there's still some common sense in the common people as opposed to the fools in our elites. Like, oh, say, our health minister, Patty Haidu, Peking Patty, as I call her. So I would say that your question is feeding into the conspiracy theories that many people have been perpetuating on the, on the Internet. 
Wow, she loves the Chinese Communist Party almost as much as she loves her own Liberal Party, maybe more. So weird, so out of touch with ordinary Canadians, this poll shows. Let me read more. If Canadians had their way, there would be real-world consequences to perceived malfeasance on the part of the Asian power. Just 11% of Canadians say Canada should focus its trade efforts on China, down from 40% in 2015. Further, four in five say Canada should bar Huawei from taking part in the new building in the building of the new 5G infrastructure in this country. Isn't that encouraging? That's exactly right. Keep China out of our 5G. Okay, let's show you some graphs. Here's one that shows the historic level of support. The first few years are from Pew Research, the later ones from Angus Reid. Isn't that interesting? Favorable views of China were well over 50% until about a decade ago. I think the more Canadians have got to know about China, the less we like it. Even before they kidnapped Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor in late 2018, I think we just all sort of saw how China was militarizing both internationally and against their own people. I think we saw how they were terrible polluters, and I mean real pollution. Dirty air, dirty water, dirty land, not just CO2. And I think Canadians really do care about civil rights for people, even as the Liberal Party and big business and the media all sort of stopped talking about those things. The rest of us couldn't help notice that China was not getting more liberal even as it got more rich. It felt a bit fascist in a way, didn't it? There really isn't a big difference region by region in, in Canada on these opinions. BC is the most supportive of China, 22% with 72% being negative. Perhaps that because, that's because of BC's larger Chinese-Canadian population and they have a natural affection for their own homeland. Like I say, I think we have to boost Canadians who are Chinese but critical of the communist regime, just like we boosted Soviet dissidents who defected to the West during the Cold War. We have to discriminate between the lambs and the wolves, as I sometimes say. Here's a chart broken down by political party. I don't see the Bloc Québécois in here, which is too bad. I'd be curious what those voters say. But the other numbers are predictable. Conservative party members are overwhelmingly negative towards China. Only 1% are very favorable. 6% mostly favorable. 26% are mostly unfavorable. And a whopping 63% just hate the Chai Coms, as they used to be called. So add up the mostly and the very unfavorable You've got 89%. I really don't think I've seen a number that big other than for stopping the unlimited growth of immigration, which is probably related, actually. Liberals are anti-China, too, just less passionate about it. Again, only 1% of liberals really like China. They have more soft support, 17%. Interesting that NDPers are a bit more likely to be unfavorable, very unfavorable to China than the liberals are. Maybe it's not significant given the sample size, but I think it might be because Trudeau's brand is so obviously pro-China it's sort of part of being a liberal member, whereas the NDP isn't branded that way, and there's still some NDP support amongst grassroots working-class Canadians who know that their factories and other jobs have been outsourced to China. Now, this next chart, a pie chart, is just amazing. It goes to the question, is China lying about the virus? 53% say, yeah, obviously. And another 32% say, yeah, probably. Literally, only 2% of Canadians are adamant that China's telling the truth. So. I guess that's Theresa Tam, Justin Trudeau, and Peking Patty, and the propagandists at the CBC who are working overtime for Beijing, bizarrely. You have to be really, really dumb or just playing on the Chinese government's payroll to believe that. And it won't surprise you that with numbers so lopsided, even liberals say China is lying. 12% of liberals believe China. But remember, those are people who voted for a failed drama teacher's PM, so they'll believe anything. Now let's get practical. What does this all mean? What should we do? I like this question. 
with what region uh, should uh, Canadians try to develop closer trade ties? So who should we do business with? China plunged from 40% just five years ago to 11%. Now, no one wants deeper trade ties with China. That's the bright red line on this graph. The U.S. number is up from 28% to 37%, which is good. We already have very close ties with America, of course. 52% say the European Union. Sure, why not? But it's a small share of our trade now that the U.K. is out of there, especially. That's the dark red number, which is up to 26%. I think maybe a lot of Canadians, when they answered, maybe forgot that the U.K. is out of the European Union now. But the main takeaway here is that people want nothing to do with China. I think that's good news. Here's a regional chart. Not too much interesting here than, of course, Alberta wants to focus on the U.S. That's where most of our oil sales go, and we need pipelines. And I, I thought it was interesting that so many people in the Atlantic support closer trade with the U.K. That's encouraging. Probably makes sense they're the closest to it. Check this out. Should China's Huawei be allowed to build our 5G networks? In November, 69% said no. Only 21% said yes. So that's pretty lopsided even back then. But now, six months later, it's even more lopsided. 78% against, only 14% for. So even most liberal voters want Huawei banned. Just two more charts. This is so interesting, though, isn't it? What a contrast to the official pro-Beijing propaganda coming from the CBC and from the liberals themselves. So encouraging. The Canadians know better, right? Which should be more important? Trade with China or human rights and rule of law? In January of 2019, 38% said trade, 62% said human rights and the rule of law. That was just one month after China took the hostages. Now it's 24% to 76%. Of course, you can have both when you deal with a democracy. That's why we love the United States and the United Kingdom and the EU. But if China is forcing us to choose, and indeed they are, Canadians will choose Canadian values. I'm impressed by that. You know, big businesses, multinational businesses, Hollywood studios, sports franchises, they all chose the cash, the NBA, movie studios. They all censor themselves. They all sell out their principles for the big bucks they see in communist China. Not ordinary people. I just keep coming back to this extremist interview with Michael Bloomberg, the former Democrat, uh, he called himself a Republican, he's really a Democrat. He has huge investment in China. It's where all this wealth is tied up now. Listen to the lies he told about them. Imagine if this moral sellout had actually become president, as he tried so hard to do earlier this year. Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents, or he's not going to survive. He's not a dictator? No, he has to. He has a constituency to, 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 to um, uh, answer to. He doesn't and, have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't, that he's doesn't not mean held accountable he can survive by voters. If his, if his advisors I mean, is, is gave him... Is the check on him just a revolution? You're not going to have a revolution. Nobody, well, then, no government survives without the will of the majority of its people. Yeah, it's just incredible. Last chart. Can we trust China? No. Just plain old no. But you knew that already, didn't you? Because our friend Avi Yamini went to Hong Kong last year to ask people what they thought of China. And this young man just told him. Donald Trump don't trust China. China is asshole. Yep. <laughs> Stay with us for more. Well, there are 
are a lot of explanations for why Justin Trudeau and his cabinet could be so obsequious to communist China. I think the most obvious one is that he plain old agrees with their worldview. As he told a liberal fundraiser when he was running for the leader, China is the country he most admires for its basic dictatorship. It's something he comes by honestly. His father, Pierre Trudeau, never met a communist dictatorship he didn't like either. But is there the possibility that there could be some hidden interest as well, either a carrot or a stick? We know, for example, that Chinese billionaires have been making huge donations to liberal affiliated groups, whether it's Canada 2020, a liberal think tank, or even the Trudeau Foundation. And then there's the possibility of something darker, a stick. The Soviets had a term, compromat, which is short for compromising material. We know that Justin Trudeau has had scandals in the past. For example, he sexually assaulted Rose Knight, a reporter with the Creston Advance in British Columbia two decades ago. We know about his blackface stunts. Who knows what else is out there? Well, the Chinese Communist Party and its spies, both human and online internet spies, may have some cache of embarrassing material on Trudeau. That's pure speculation on my part, but we know that Western media outlets sat on the blackface photo. Are there other things that other entities are sitting on as long as Justin Trudeau is well behaved? I think these are legitimate questions and one pundit who has been asking them more sharply than most is our next guest. And I have to tell you, it is such a great pleasure to introduce you to Spencer Fernando, who joins us now via Skype from Winnipeg. Besides being the eponymous host of SpencerFernando.com, he's also a campaign fellow for the National Citizens Coalition. Spencer, it's great to have you here. Congratulations on all you've done at SpencerFernando.com, by the way. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Tell me your thoughts on this. I, I saw you tweeting that there ought to be an investigation of some sort into connections between the Chinese Communist Party or the Chinese regime and the Liberal Cabinet. First of all, what makes you call for that? And second of all, what kind of investigation do you foresee or, or would call for? Well, the reason I call for that is if you look at really what's happening around the world, Canada's basically become the government or the country that's really most pro-China. And it's quite disturbing. And you see countries that have a lot more to lose, uh, like Australia and New Zealand, for example, they're taking a very strong stand against China. And they've got a lot to lose economically. Now, the states obviously is taking a strong stand, but the problem is Canada's. It's it's been incredibly weak. Every every chance they get to criticize China, they pass up like every single time. Uh, they were afraid to even say Taiwan until they got so much pressure. They had to actually say the word Taiwan and thank them for their their donation of uh, PPE to Canada. And so the question is, why is Canada acting so differently? We saw the Angus Reid poll today. You have just fourteen percent of Canadians saying they have a positive view of China, the lowest it's ever been in history. Almost everyone in this country wants Huawei to be blocked from our 5G network. Government still hasn't made a decision on that. So at some point you say, what's going on here? And again, I'm, you know, it's not about conspiracy theories. I just think Canadians need to know. And both options, to be honest, are pretty bad. So either we investigate and we find that there are a bunch of people who are compromised, likely financially by China within the liberal government, or we find out this is just some sort of ideological thing, and they really do feel some sort of ideological affinity with China. And both of those options are pretty disturbing for Canadians. 
Yeah. Well, listen, it's more than a decade ago since uh, the head of CSIS said there were 1,000 plus active agents in Canada spying for China. Most of that spying would be industrial espionage, but of course, Canada is privy to the highest security briefings as one of the five eyes, along with United States, UK, Australia, New Zealand. So Canada could be a security weak link. We're definitely a technology weak link. Um, I wonder if it's ideology, because Trudeau has always loved the third world. He's loved the romance of it. Uh, His brother, Alexandra, who is his sometimes policy advisor, actually wrote a book published by the government of China, a pro-China propaganda piece. So I think it's quite possible like th- that, it, like his dad, he truly believes in the Communist Party. But I also know that he's been reckless in his personal life. And I got to think that old Cold War tactic of the honey trap, the honey pot, where they have like a, they send in someone to trap someone in a sexual indiscretion, or they have a financial indiscretion. That's got Trudeau written all over it, too. We need to find out, I think, if it's just ideology or if, you know, it's possible. Again, neither you nor I have no evidence to this effect, but he might actually be under some sort of duress. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to know, and that's why I think it needs to be investigated. I mean, personally, I think uh, for most political leaders there, you know, people's personal lives should be off limits. Uh, in a case like this, I think it's most likely financial, but, you know, I think that's why we need to investigate. And I think, you know, the vast majority of people, I would think, in government at least feel that they're loyal to Canada. So you'd think that if there's a concern of China having influence over somebody, having information on somebody, threatening people, you'd think they would be the first ones to want to get to the bottom of it, to clear up any concerns. So I think the first thing is Canadians really need to start demanding of our MPs that they push for an investigation. And then we'll see who's actually willing to go through an investigation. You know, if there's a bunch of people who seem to have ties to China or are very pro-China, and all of a sudden they get really afraid about investigating connections to China, well, that may be a clue there's something going on there. Yeah. And the investigations can be done privately and discreetly. It's tradition that the RCMP vets uh, the prime minister's proposed cabinet list. I mean, I can imagine they hesitated when Stephen Gilbo, the heritage minister, was named. Of course, he's a convicted criminal who was active as an environmental extremist. But I don't think, I think that's bad judgment on his part, but I don't think that goes to a deep disloyalty to Canada as a nation. But, and that's the thing, I'm not looking for a McCarthy style witch hunt, but I think at least privately, the RCMP or CSIS or some other agency should do a deep vetting. Because, by the way, a lot of it's hidden in plain sight. Huawei throws its sponsorship logo on everything that moves, including Hockey Night in Canada. That, they're not even hiding it. I think yeah, that's, that's a form of corruption in its own sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like To investigate, it's not necessarily about finding something crazy. It's just, you know, is there an influence network in China? Uh, that's now operating in Canada that's influencing people. I mean, that's the thing. You already have people, you know, Chinese Canadians talking about the, the so-called United Front, how they are threatened, even if they're, they're Canadian citizens, they're living in Canada, they still get threatened, and China still sends people here to intimidate them and threaten them and harass them if they speak out against the Chinese Communist Party. So there's obviously influence operations happening in Canada. Uh, there was a fellow in Australia, I think Clive Hamilton, and he wrote a book uh, about the infiltration of the Australian political system. Uh, by the Chinese Communist Party. And 
It took him three publishers, three who rejected him because they were afraid to upset China. In Australia, by the way, not in China. People in Australia afraid to upset China didn't want to publish his book. He found a fourth publisher who did it. But then he talked about – he did an interview with the National Post, and he said, you know, to be honest, it's actually worse in Canada than it is in China. And he said for legal reasons, he couldn't name the people he knows who are either compromised or closely involved with China. But he said it's a real threat, and it's something that's happening here. So again, I think the big thing that should be disturbing to people, and I think people are waking up to this, is the massive gap between the way Canadians feel about China and the way the government acts towards China. Usually, governments want to be on side with public opinion because they want to get reelected. So when you see a government that's so clearly going against established public opinion in the country, you have to say, what is the reason for that? And we don't know the reason. That's why we need to investigate. Yeah, I think you're so right. Well, listen, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of SpencerFernando.com. You've really built up a great enterprise there. I want to encourage everyone to visit, sign up for your regular emails. And of course, I love following you on Twitter. You're so fast off the mark with news and commentary. It's really nice to have you on the show, Spencer. Great to see you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Appreciate it. All right. There you have it. Spencer Fernando joining us today via Skype from Winnipeg. Stay with us. More Head on the Road. Welcome back on my monologue yesterday about the CBC accusing Brian Adams of being racist. Susanna writes, never apologize when you're not wrong. When you do, it's a sign of weakness and self-doubt. Oh yeah, and not just that. Um, it doesn't placate your opponents because they were bad faith critics to begin with. It just says, oh, this guy's a pushover. Let's do it again. Paul writes, communism isn't a race. The CBC doesn't represent Canada and broadcasts nothing but cheap propaganda. They may as well just open up a Chinese translation service. Oh, you're so right. It's so weird. I mean, it's bad enough when they do propaganda for Trudeau's state apparatus. But why are they carrying water for communist China? It's so weird. On my interview with Pamela Geller, Dan writes, maybe someone should remind Bill de Blasio of the Second Amendment, which guarantees the First Amendment, which shall not be infringed. Well, in New York, they want to ban both, looks like, don't they? I, I like Pamela. I like her fighting spirit, and she does so with such pizzazz. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.